Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rose? Where we're going, we don't need Rose. No. I am your father. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to After the Ending. My name is Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we are live if you are watching live. And if you are listening or watching after the fact, we are less live than we are if you're watching or listening live. But uh, this is our new gig. Uh, if you're listening after the fact, we are recording live every other Monday at 5 p.m. U.S., 10 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time. Is that what you call it, Phil? Yeah, GMT or British time, British yeah. summertime. Sure, yeah. There you go. So you guys can join us and uh, participate. You've, if you've been listening recently, you've heard us reading out some comments. And if you've been watching, you've seen us put people on screen. So we like to have some uh, interactive, uh, you know, comments and stuff like that makes it a lot of fun. But even if we don't, we're here to bring you uh, the usual after the ending uh, shtick, if you will. Uh, Phil, tell people what we're talking about in our episode. And, and why don't you tell them about our new, we finally decided on a name for our A and B episodes. Why don't you fill people in? Yeah, well, this episode is going to be the main one. It's uh, it's going to be called the main feature. And the next one, which will be broadcast after this one, is going to be post credits. There but you for go. This one we're going to be going after the ending of John Carpenter's nineteen eighty eight film They Live, and also discussing the recent Oscar and BAFTA uh, awards, which have which took place a week or so ago, I think. Yeah, something like that. I think the Oscars were yeah just last. Last week in the BAFTAs, maybe the week before or a couple weeks before. Uh, yeah, but, you know, for, for the uh, those of you who don't know the BAFTAs, it's the British Film Awards. And those of you who don't know the Oscars, it's the American Film Awards. And I think they were pretty similar this year, as I recall. But we're going to get into that. We're going to do our little, our little current topical discussion about that, just sort of what we thought, um, if we thought much of anything. And, uh, you know, share some opinions on on anything that, that has to do with that. Uh, but before that, we're going to go after the ending of uh, a, a true cult classic in every sense of the word. They live. Okay. Phil, go ahead. What do you got to say? Before we go any further, though, if you are watching this live on Facebook, you can comment on the post, the video you're watching, and you will be we'll be able to see the comments. And uh, as long as it's relevant and no swearing, <laughs> we'll be able to put it up on the screen and uh, share it. And so you can get into the, any discussion or comments on whatever we're talking about. Yeah, please do, especially as we get into like talking about the Oscars and stuff like that. In our in our post-credits episode, we're going to do our top five list. Like Those are great things to comment on. We like to read them out loud. We like to put you on screen and get your, your face uh, up on screen a little bit. So please do feel free to interact and comment. It is one of the things we like about doing this show live and on video now as opposed to just as a podcast is we really do get a new layer of interactivity that we didn't get before with the podcast where we just recorded in our little isolated bubbles and then we put it out for the world here um so this is uh, last week we had a lot of great comments a lot of people jumping in and joining us which was which was a ton of fun so please do feel free uh to jump in and, and tell us what you think uh yeah so they live um yeah. phil what do you think of they live it's one of my favorites i mean i'm a big fan of john carpenter and if you can see over there oh there it is nice uh, yeah. an obey picture with a lego 
Alien. I can't remember the name of the artist, I'm afraid, but it's it's there. I, I remembered I had it. I took it off the wall. Up, sorry, it's hard with the camera. It was up there, but I've moved it here for, for now, as we're talking about the film. I used to but have I the I love the film. I always like the concept, and it was, uh, yeah, it's one of my favorites of uh, John Carpenter's. Yeah. Absolutely. What about you? you? I used to have the Obey T-shirt, actually. Not the Lego, but just the Obey with the alien, uh, you know, the alien face. And um, I'm the same as you. Big John Carpenter fan. I love They Live. It's 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 fun. It's actiony. It's a little silly, um, but but also kind of subversive. Got some nice social commentary in it. And uh, yeah, and of course, it's got some great lines, which I'm sure we'll discuss. And that that action scene, that fight scene, that's you know like just so so well loved. One of so, the greatest yeah. fight scenes of all time. Right, right, exactly, exactly. I'm so, yeah. Um, all right, so um, I kind of did a in my head. I sort of did a brief recap of the of the movie. So if you want, I'll share it with people. Uh, you could do yeah, a brief one, but it's uh, spoilers ahead if you've not seen the film. But it's from 1988, so right. But yeah, it's definitely spoilers. So if you haven't watched it, mute your mute your, mute your microphone for a minute or mute your speakers for a minute. Uh, basically, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, you know, 80s wrestler, discovers these sunglasses that lets him see these aliens who are basically sending out messages to humanity, obey, conform, consume, things like that. Basically trying to, you know, subliminally take over the world and, and slowly but surely terraforming the planet to their needs, which will be bad for humans. Rowdy Roddy Piper goes to fight them blows up their transmitter um, so that all of a sudden at the very end of the movie, everybody can see the aliens, uh, but he dies in doing so, goes out a hero. And that's pretty much what you need to know, I think, right, Phil? That's the, yeah, that's the basics. It's, yeah. uh, as, as Mike said, it's uh, got lots of different themes. Sadly, some of them are still relevant today, but that was a, that was a good summation of the film. Uh, do you want to go first then with your, the ending? Because I think I went first last time. Sure, why not? Okay, so here we go. Uh, the world is in turmoil. With the revelation of the aliens' existence, a human resistance—wow, existence resistance altogether—that's that, a that's a mouthful. A human resistance pops up immediately and begins rebelling against the controlling aliens. Curiously, they adopt the familiar phrase as their password and rallying cry: "V is for victory." Um, but at first. It seems like the tide is going towards the humans quickly, but there's a group of powerful humans called Conservicans that continue to work with the aliens. Uh, and since they are only concerned with personal profit and political gain, they decide it's better to stick with the aliens and just reap the profits for themselves, uh, for themselves and, and Earth be damned. But however, the, <laughs> the tide begins to turn. Anti-alien human forces start counter-programming the alien broadcasts, pumping out a constant stream of TV shows and movies with positive, fun, life-affirming messages. Things like Star Trek, Friends, The Goonies, Stand By Me, Toy Story, The Lion King, Pitch Perfect, Ted Lasso, Big, The Lego Movie, Paddington, and Modern Family. People love it, and everyone is instantly happier. Even internet trolls find themselves with nothing bad to say to anyone. The consistent good cheer these shows and movies engender in humanity become too much for the aliens, and they soon find their control rapidly disintegrating. Utterly defeated, the aliens leave Earth en masse, never to be heard from again. And that's the end. Beautiful, beautiful. The power, <laughs> of, the power of good media. Yeah, power of positive thinking. Power of, yeah. of yeah. some... So, okay... So this is obviously an after the ending. I thought it made perfect sense, and I, I wrote it that way. But I feel like it reflects some of my personal beliefs in that, like, 
I have found as I have gotten older, I tend to gravitate much more now towards things that are fun and enjoyable and lighthearted more so. Not that I never watch like dark, grim, gritty stuff or things like that, because I do. But like if I'm going to pick something to, to jump into, like if I'm sitting there watching a movie at night, I'm going to always pick like a 90s action movie or a comedy or something fun rather than like a really dark drama, yeah. you know, type of thing. I just I just am at that stage in my life where I just like want to have some fun, you know. Um, so that's kind of where that I think I, I wasn't thinking about that ahead of time yeah. when I wrote that. But on reflection of it afterwards, I was like, yeah, that sounds like me. That sounds like that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> well, fair enough. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm, I find it now. Uh, I mean, I still enjoy horror movies, but I find it harder Ooh. watching the more gory horror mm -hmm. films. Whereas when I was younger, I was no problem. But uh, Tastes do change. But yeah, pos positive thinking, especially what's been going on the past year and a half. Yeah. I think, you know, like, uh, go ahead. Sorry. I think we do need a few more positive, happy films. And that's kind of how I feel. Like we might discuss that more with talking about the Oscars and the BAFTAs as well. The right, right. I, I do think um, that's maybe just sometimes that's what the world needs, a little bit more cheer, a little bit more happiness, a little more positive to positivity. Um, you know, so that's kind of what I think I was I was reflecting there. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned horror movies. I definitely, I do still like horror movies, but I find I get much more selective about which ones I'm interested in and which ones I enjoy. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I don't like the really, really dark and gory ones. Though, you know, I don't like the stuff that's just trying to get to the worst of everything. I like the ones that are either have a sense of fun to them or are just kind of intelligent and and trying to do something different and unique with it. I don't mind the idea of a, of a horror movie anymore. I just, I find that there's got to be something to catch my attention or else I'm not, I'm not as interested. So, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's my ending. There we go. Good ending. Thank you. Well, let's hear what you've got then. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, nobody realizes uh, that that Nada, uh, Body Piper's character, was involved in this, or he was the one which uh, basically kind of saved the world, or did he? But with the transmitter destroyed, the aliens among us are revealed. Understandably, chaos ensues as some parts of humanity rise up and fight back, while alien sympathizers try and calm things down, and news reports, controlled by the aliens still, try to spin the situation to their favor. The aliens used to working from the shadows gradually lose the fight and realizing it's no longer financially viable, they leave Earth. You'd think this would make things better. However, only then does the true chaos begin as Ooh. the financial markets go into meltdown and the whole world becomes more fragmented than it ever was. The one benefit, though, is the aliens climate change program will gradually reverse the normal. But eventually World War Three begins. And it's just humans versus humans. Mm. But during campaigns in Leningrad and Siberia against the former Soviet alliances and the Europe, Europe, the Eurasia United War Union, a special forces unit called Black Light sees major combat. And a member of this unit, a young man, uh, Army Lieutenant Snake Pliskin, <laughs> ends up being the youngest man to be decorated by the US president. <laughs> but the war continues and Earth falls ever more into chaos. Nice, nice. I like uh, that. A little, a little tie into the uh, the Carpenter verse, if you will. But yeah. I don't, I don't see a reason why, uh, you know, uh, why they live couldn't lead into Escape from New York, right? There's yeah, because the world's gone to hell and Escape from New York, yeah. and uh, yeah. I'm not sure the actual timeline works up with the years, but right, you know, right, right. Really kind of stuff. 
Yeah, I, I think it makes sense though, because Escape from New York is definitely somewhat in the future. So yeah, you can yeah. say that the the aliens' influence and their the damage they caused, you know, sped things up to where the point when we got to Escape from New York, we never find out how things get as bad as they do in Escape from New York. So why not because of aliens and, yeah. and the subsequent you know humanity issues? Yeah, but that's uh, that was my. I just it was a nice connection, but that's my after the ending of They Live. I like it. I like it. A little darker than mine, but uh, you know that tends to be the norm. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I like it. I like it. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah, but there's our ending. If you have uh, any ideas or suggestions on how you think uh, going after the ending of They Live would be, send us a comment or an email. Uh, we'd always like to hear from you. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, then. So there you go. That is our endings for They Live. Now let's move on to something a little more contemporary, shall we? Uh, and we are going to talk about the recent awards uh, ceremony, not the ceremonies themselves, but the awards. You know, what what did people, uh, what, who won, who lost, what did we think? You know, that I'm not going to give you the full breakdown of everything. You guys can look that up online. Um, but we're going to share some opinions, perhaps. Uh, yes, Phil, but I'll just... I just need to quickly switch my camera off. Uh, technical difficulties involving my keyboard. So one okay. moment while I dive under my desk. Sure thing. Okay, so while Phil is doing that, what I'm going to say is this. Uh, we had the Oscars and the BAFTAs recently. Um, and uh, you can decide for yourself how relevant those still are. Uh, but I think we're going to talk a little bit about them kind of just, you know, what was good, what was bad maybe about the awards that were given out, um, if we even have opinions on a lot of things. There's one or two things I specifically want to mention, but I don't, I'm don't. i not a huge Oscar follower anymore. Um, so uh, I like to usually just kind of read up on the results the, the day after and see what won and what, what didn't win uh, for both the Oscars and the BAFTAs. And this year they were pretty similar. Um, the BAFTAs do have a slightly more British flavor in that they have a best British film category. Um, but other than that, it's basically just the British Film Association's uh, version of the Oscars. So they're pretty similar. Some some years they're pretty similar. Some years they're pretty different. You're back. But I can't hear you. I think you're on mute. Yes. There I'm we go. I was listening. It was just, uh, yeah, just a bit of a mess then. My keyboard stopped no, working. I know you did tell me right before we started filming that uh, your keyboard was acting up. So I, I knew that that was, um, when you said that, I said, well, that makes sense. So. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, like you, I don't, I don't pay as much attention as to the Oscars and the Baftas as I used to. I used to be excited for it, but mm -hmm. and nowadays it's sort of, yeah, you wait till the next day when the results are published, and that's usually the way forward, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, um, and you know, I mean, I don't, I don't want to get get off to too harsh of a start, but I kind of blame the Academies who do the voting for that, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to start things off, my overarching opinion of this year's Oscars was that it seems like the Oscars have gotten away from rewarding films that people actually like. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not to say that, like, here's the, it's, it's kind of a fine line, right? Like, I get you want to reward the best films, the best performances and stuff yeah. like that. And I get that sometimes those are not the blockbusters. And I understand that. But... Well, I think when the Academy has had the opportunity to reward movies that were blockbusters that also have artistic merit to them, they tend to not do so anymore. And I think back to just like, you know, I don't know, 20 years ago or so, and you had like Titanic winning awards, you had Return of the King winning awards, you know, sweeping the Oscars, things like that. And those are movies that are both, you know, 
very much appreciated, but also films that people really liked. And then I feel like it started to go downhill with things like when Avatar lost to Hurt Locker. And I know people have different opinions of Avatar, and that's fine. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Hurt Locker. I like it. But I feel like there's no sense of rewarding films for doing something special or interesting or unique anymore, right? It's all about, like, the supposed kind of quality. What I mean by that is, like, with Avatar, you know, James Cameron was like, hey, I'm going to create an entire 3D world out of nothing, and I'm going to make it completely believable in every sense of the word. And everyone was like, yes, you did that. It was amazing. I watched it 10 times in a row because of that. And that, to me, is like, that's an achievement in filmmaking, right? I, if you can't reward that with a best picture, like, what are you doing, right? Like, Hurt Locker, whether you love it or not, it, it's a solid drama, but there was nothing about it to me that was like, hey, this movie is challenging the status quo of filmmaking. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not that every best picture has to do that, but I feel like they've gotten, when movies do that, then they're like, nah, I don't think so. Let's <laughs> go with this one, you know? that's That was my big takeaway. Phil, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I, I quite agree, but I think it's... It's always been the Oscars. It's like lots of award ceremonies, but particularly in the Oscars, it's often it's often who who has the biggest budget to get the uh, oh, what's it called? I'll get the ball rolling on which films, you know, the uh, uh, you know, in consideration that one. The ones who gets they have to have a big budget to market the film, basically for the Oscars. Whereas they had a big budget as well to market it to the public, but you then need a big budget for the to get it out there for the. Uh, the Oscar uh, voting people. My words have gone funny, uh, but uh, uh, but that's that seems to be one of the big problems. And I think that's with lots of the films that end up winning. It's because they've just had a, like the right push at the right time. And again, that's another thing: timing. When the film comes out, even if, when it is within the year of uh, of of the Oscars, that particular year, if it comes out too early, it's going to get it could get all the buzz and everything. But by the time Oscar voting comes along. It's sort of the, the buzz has died down and then one which is more recent uh, is the one which everybody's talking about. So the uh, the, the Academy are approaching for that one. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. so many different factors, but it, uh, I mean, I can see what you mean about Avatar. I wouldn't have said it would be best picture myself, but it could definitely, it probably did win all the awards for the technical achievement. But yeah, there's often been a disconnect between what's popular, what film's been popular with the general public as opposed to what wins the Oscars. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately as well, it's often... It's often it can often be like a depressing kind of film or a more serious one, or if it deals with particular, I think what is it, Tropic Thunder deals with it a bit as well. If you deal with particular aspects of, uh, I don't want to use the right words, got to be careful. But uh, you know, if people with a uh, people with disability or or certain problems, films dealing with that can often cause you know people end up supporting that more which is good for the uh, what's being portrayed and helps that that thing but it often may not be the actual the best film but it, it's just that's the one which people feel they ought to vote for because right. of what they're dealing with yeah i feel like that's there's there's definitely a sense of sometimes like the academies they vote for what they feel like they should vote for as opposed to what they want to vote for mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that's accurate or not but i i just i feel like the past few years they've gotten further and further away from choices that i think are the right choices now obviously this is subjective opinion right oh, i'm oh, yeah. right or wrong than anybody else but like you know you look at this year and now i have not seen the father i don't know much about it except i know anthony hopkins won the academy award and i love anthony hopkins i'm sure it's a well-deserved award you know yeah, yeah was i bummed out that chadwick boseman didn't get 
not you know to get the win for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, you know, because it was the last chance they had to award him for a great performance. It's not like it was a, a mediocre performance that they should have given him just because he was dead, but it was like you know, it's like, oh, Anthony Hopkins, great actor, of course, but like kind of the safe choice, you know, like mm -hmm. I just feel like they're not, no one's taking chances with their Oscar picks anymore, with their Oscar, you know, votes anymore. No one's trying to do something a little bit more interesting. It's kind of like, yeah, here's a safe choice. I'm going to pick that one. There's, you know, there's just no sense of, um, I don't know, excitement or danger to them anymore, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I mean, I, I always thought it might be good as well if they had one. If you could somehow, because I know some award ceremonies, they often have like one which is voted by the public. The BAFTA has the uh, the Rising Star one, which mm -hmm. a number of new actors are, are nominated and then it's voted on by the general public, which I think is quite good. You could do yeah. something like that as well. So, And I think that as well would end up bringing more, more viewers to the Oscar ceremony itself because year after year, and I think this year was the lowest, the, the viewing figures have just been oh, yeah. declining. Yeah, well, I think part of the reason is, I mean, that because they're they're largely nominating films that the general public isn't that interested in seeing, right? And yeah. and not saying you should ignore those films. And I know that's why they expanded the five best pictures to ten because they wanted to get in more, you know, kind of crowd pleasing films. But I I feel like if the Academy gave more weight to things beyond just like super serious subject matter and you know crazy intense performances like there's got to be some sort of middle ground where you can take a look at a movie like um uh black panther for example which was nominated a couple years ago mm -hmm. and and it can have a chance against these other films right it was great that black panther got nominated but nobody in hell thought it really had a chance of getting a win yeah. do you know what i'm saying even though it was a great movie, right? But nobody thought, like, hey, I bet Black Panther's really going to win the Oscars. No, of course not. We all knew it wasn't going to win. It's not the type of movie that gets the awards. And that's my problem is you can look at the Oscars and you can look at their their big 10 picks or whatever, and you can automatically say, this movie's not going to win because it's not the type of movie the Oscars, uh, you know, award. And that's a problem to me because yeah. Yeah. it shouldn't be based on what kind of movie it is. It should be based on the movie itself, right? But because it's a superhero movie or an action film or things like that, like there are action movies that are maybe not as deep or as you know important a subject matter as some of these heavy dramas, but in their own right for their genre are just as good, you know, great filmmaking. I think that's maybe what I would like to see is more genres represented in, in maybe yeah. maybe categories, right? You know, yeah. best drama picture best like kind of more like the golden globes do right best comedy best action movie like why it can't we have an oscar for the best action film because there are action movies that are like works of art like black panther in in best action movie would have been a shoe-in right yeah, like yeah. why can't avengers endgame get nominated like which you know i i think is this amazing film that does so many things right like because it's not the kind of movie. So put it in the action category, you know, give us a comedy category, give us a drama category. And at least then these other types of films have a chance to get some kind of recognition uh, from the, from this, you know, the Academy. And then people might come to the, you know, show up for the TV broadcast as well. Yeah. I think one of the problems as well is that maybe the Academy voters, they feel if they do vote for one of these films, which isn't important in some way, then they might feel it's going to devalue the whole award itself. I mean, right. Some would argue the plummeting, you know, viewership yeah, is yeah. also devaluing the award. You know, yeah. like if nobody watches and cares anymore, what you know, at what point does it has it lost some of its value? Right. Yeah, if the that's is true. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure some of it as well is because it's all been, it's all had to be done, in the you know lockdown conditions or on um, using sure. 
Zoom and things yeah, like I mean, that. That's going to have an impact. But uh, the way it was going anyway before that, there's been this steady decline, hasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. There, there has been almost every year for the last 10 years. It's been going downhill. Um, so, okay. So getting away from that a little bit, Phil, let's talk about some of the actual words. Were there any that stood out for you that you were happy to see? Let's talk about our, our kind of winners and losers, if you will. What First, we'll start with what were the, the awards that you were happy to see or that you were you agreed with? Or is there anything that st stood out for you in that respect? Uh, well, I was glad that uh, Sound of Metal won the... Uh, oh, I can't remember what it did win now. It's so sorry. It did win... It won. Oh yeah, it won a won a. Oh anyway, it won some awards. So, <laughs> but uh, I was glad that did because uh, Riz Ahmed is good. It was dealing. It, this one was actually dealing with you know, uh, uh, something important. A person went deaf in the film, and it's. But it uh, it wasn't just. It was a good story, well acted. Uh, kind of a small film as well, but the the main thing was the uh, the sound editing and the the sound. The sound design. The sound design, that's the word, yeah. The yeah. way that was done, it was uh, absolutely brilliant. I'm really put you in, in Riz Ahmed's character's place. It was That was really good. So I was glad yeah, to see it won, that. It won Best Sound at both the Oscars and the BAFTAs, so that was definitely a win. Yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, what else? There was also uh, My Octopus Teacher as well, the mm -hmm. documentary. I quite like that. Uh, that was good. Uh, that's currently streaming on Netflix. It was all – it's always – I think more and more as well as I'm getting older, I think I, I'm enjoying feature documentaries more. And it's mm. always nice to see that. Uh, and it's also, I like the, one thing I do like about the award ceremonies is when you see the nominees and then you, you suddenly go, oh, I've not heard of that one, what's that? And then you can check it out and right. take you on a, a journey into other films. Uh, there was another round, the uh, the Thomas Vinterberg film with uh, Mads Mikkelsen, which was a, a good one also, really, uh, Quite a sad story because during filming, the director, he, uh, his daughter passed away. So Oof. it was, uh, it was. He was talking about that in one of the awards. Right. Uh, I've, I've not seen, I've not seen Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, so I can't comment on uh, Chadwick Boseman's uh, performance. Uh, what else? Nomadland as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I've still not seen that either, even though it's now on my list. But it's only just come out of Disney Plus, so I can now watch that. But I do like Francis McDormand. Uh, I get the impression. It's a bit like uh, Into the Wild, which is a favorite of mine. So I'm looking forward to seeing that, especially because director Chloe Zhao is directing Marvel's The Eternal. So that's going to be kind of cool that a, an Oscar-winning director is now directing uh, that one. But, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, on the whole, it's, it's pretty good as well. And what else? Oh, yeah, I've also not seen The Father, so I can't comment on Anthony Hopkins, but he's usually pretty good anyway. Yeah, for sure. Well, we have a comment uh, based on you mentioning the octopus teacher, which I have not seen yet, but I want yeah. to. From uh, Christine F, she says loved the octopus teacher. So there you go, Phil. So somebody out there agrees with you, and uh, heard good things about it. I've heard very good things about it. I just haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Yeah, it's. I mean, I like all the nature documentaries, but this was a good one. What I was surprised though, personally, that was that Soul won best animated feature film in the Oscars because I just didn't think that was as good as previous Pixar films, and cool. I. Uh, I would have. What else was not? Uh, I would have thought. Well, I personally preferred Onward, mm -hmm. which uh, out of all of them, because it was a, that was a good fun story. Right. But also, because right. I'm a big Dungeons and Dragons nerd, anyway. So, sure, right. Uh, <laughs> but what about you? What what uh, what did you like about the uh, the award winners? 
I mean, not a lot, to be honest with you. Um, although, I, admittedly, I haven't seen many of the films, but there was just not a lot of choices that I found particularly inspiring. Um, I was happy to see Chloe Zhao win for Nomadland, just because I thought, you know, I was like to see ground being broken and, you know, being the first uh, Asian American to win. Yeah. I thought that was, that was great. Um, I was extremely happy to see uh, Promising Young Woman do so well. Um, yes, I yeah. loved Promising young, young Woman. It was my second favorite or my number two film of, of last year. Uh, I think yeah, it was yeah. what's that? We spoke about that in the last episode, didn't we? we did, yeah. Um, it won for best screenplay, it was nominated for best actress, nominated for best film, which I was really surprised that it got that nomination. Um, just because I, you know, it didn't, it, I just, I don't know, there's something about it that didn't make me think, hey, it's probably going to be nominated for best picture, but it, yeah. it did. Yeah. I really liked, um, so I was very glad about that. Um, uh, getting and also got outstanding British film from the BAFTAs, which I really like to right, see. Yeah, yeah. Um, because you know, people maybe not realize, of course, Emerald Fennel, the writer and director, being British, but also Carrie Mulligan, who plays an American in the film, you know, flawlessly, but she's also British, so yeah, yeah, uh, so always lots of British actors in these, uh, in these things, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was good to see. Um, you know, that's really the big standout for me. Uh, hey, what did you think of uh, Mank? That was another one of the best picture nominees, wasn't it? Yeah, and I've heard good things. My in-laws loved it, um, but I have not had a chance to see yeah. it yet. So I watched it. I like the I like the styling of it. I think more than the actual story. Even I'm a big Citizen Kane fan. Mm -hmm. uh, people who uh, don't know about Mank, it's all about the screenwriter of Citizen Kane and what what was going on behind the scenes. Yeah, but, uh, I, I liked. I, I did like it, but uh, I was a bit surprised that it was one of the uh, the nominee, uh, the best picture nominees. Right too, it got a, a fair amount of nominations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, were there any things that you thought got, I hate to use the word snubbed, but any things that you think should have been nominated that weren't? Uh, that's a hard one for the 2020, for the films of the last year, because, because of the lockdown and everything, everything, yeah. my time, sense of time and place is all, so it's hard to think what films were actually within the, uh, the Oscar voting window. Right. Well, I, I'll tell you while you're thinking about it. I'll tell you the one that stood out for me. Uh, it was my number one film of last year was Let Him Go. And, you know, you could make an argument that maybe, it, it, you know, if you wanted to say, hey, not best picture, uh, fine. I mean, I, I disagree, but I'll, I'll, I'll let it go. But the fact that Diane Lane did not get nominated for her performance in Let oh, Him yeah, Go, yeah. me, is a complete and utter travesty. Because to me, she was hands down the best performance I've seen in I mean, years, much less just in 2020. Uh, it was such a nuanced performance where she just goes through every emotion in the book and often without even without dialogue, you just see it on her face. And it would, it, it, some of her expressions could break your heart and other ones, you know, would, would have you, you know, terrified for her. And I just thought it was a masterclass of acting in a two hours time stretch. You know what I mean? Like just one of those performances for the ages. Um, and she didn't get nominated, which just yeah, yeah. blew me away um, because I, I don't understand it. So that to me was the really big oversight that, that you know, if she doesn't win, that's one thing I, I still would disagree with it. But um, not even getting nominated, I don't understand it. It's not only is it a great film, but her performance is was just unbelievable. I, I challenge anybody to watch that movie and not find her performance completely captivating. Yeah, I think that's a film which has flown under lots of people's radar. It definitely did, I, and I get that, but I still don't understand how her performance got past people. I just yeah. don't get it. Yeah. It is, unfortunately, that's the way, isn't it? There's all these Oscars, well, any award ceremony, there's always going to be so much you go, and that, that, should have, that should have been nominated, that should have got there, but we just have to go with what we, we go with. Uh, it's yeah. going to be interesting to see next year's 
Oscars. Especially yeah, well, I think it's pretty obvious the front runner is Kong versus Godzilla. I mean, that's gonna that's you know Godzilla. Well, versus I wasn't even gonna mention it because it is so obvious. Clearly, it's gonna be, well. Maybe it'll have some competition from Mortal Kombat, but I mean, I think the best picture yeah. is pretty much a lock. So, well, and Godzilla's but no, actually, Kong's bound to win Best Actor. Yeah, I mean, I think he takes the edge over Godzilla. Godzilla probably get a nomination, but I think Kong's gonna take it. So, both those films a, bit, a few episodes ago as well. So yeah, you can, yeah. yeah. If you want to hear our full opinions on on the, those two movies, uh, check out our our last main feature episode uh, where we discuss whether or not Hollywood should make better films. So with that plug, I think we'll wrap things up for this episode. Yep. We're at our half hour mark. Uh, if you are watching live, we're going to wrap this episode up and be back in just a few minutes with our post-credit sequence uh, episode where we'll do a top five list and our ATE recommends. If you are watching or listening not live, um, then you'll have another episode coming very soon, depending on when you're engaging with yeah. this episode. So um, yeah, we'll be back real shortly though. So uh, Phil, anything you want to add? Uh, no, I think we covered everything for this episode, but we will see you after the break. Yes. Or whenever you could click play on the next episode. <laughs> exactly. All right. So as always, we thank you greatly for listening. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next time. After the ending.